Hello, I'm Pablo Rocco and you're listening to Reprint, brought to you by the Temple News, your in-depth look into the stories you need to know about. This week I speak to Assistant News Editor Sydney Rochnik about the Department of Education's investigation into Temple. Then I hand the mic over to Assistant Sports Editor Ryan Mack to talk about how men's basketball is doing as we've reached the middle of the season. Here with Sydney Rochnik. You wrote a story this week. Um, it kind of came out of the blue, I feel like. But uh, the Department of Education is um, investigating Temple. Uh, do you just want to give a quick rundown of, of what those, you know, what this is? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I get what you mean. It does seem a little out of blue. But also, I mean, University of Pennsylvania, Trexel University has also had this happen just locally. Um, but yeah, so basically the situation is that the Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights um, put Temple University on the list of, of all these uh, school districts and universities that are being investigated for um, violating Title VI. Um, that's the Civil Rights Act. And basically, that's they're being put under the list of schools who have violated that for um, discrimination against shared ancestry. So usually that's for um, Jewish identities, uh, Muslim identities, that kind of thing. Yeah, and can you talk a little bit about you know who filed these claims and, and how they came about? Yeah, sure. So the filer of this complaint was a man named uh, Zachary Marshall, who is um, the editor-in-chief for a new site called Campus Reform. Campus Reform is a conservative news site that Um, I mean, I can read you how they describe themselves, which I feel like is pretty apt. Um, A conservative watch, quote, a conservative watchdog to the nation's higher education system, which exposes liberal bias and abuse on the nation's college campuses, end quote. So, um, and that website is also a project of the Leadership Institute, which some people might know as the um, organization that kind of uh, trains conservative Americans to get into like politics and media. So, um, yeah, it's a conservative background from the the person who filed this complaint, and he is, as far as I know, not related to Temple. Um, but actually, this is a good time to go into it. He um, he has uh, filed these types of complaints, the exact same type of complaint, I believe, um, for discrimination against Jewish students at 20 other universities. Um, and so far, with Temple University and Brown University, he has successfully gotten the Department of Education to open up this investigation so that's where we're at right so i mean like at this point it's kind of unclear from his statements and from the complaint itself whether temple students are coming to him for guidance maybe and and he's filing their these complaints on their behalf or he's filing the complaints um from what he's observing that's kind of unclear at this point right he actually um we, we were able to reach out to him and he sent us a statement um and I can, I can actually read you what he said. Um, I'll just actually start from the beginning. I'm encouraged, quote from Marshall, uh, I'm encouraged that the Department of Education will investigate Temple University for failing to protect Jewish students under Title VI. Uh, campus reform covered Temple students' vitriolic anti-Semitism in the weeks following October 7th attack on Israel, and I'm horrified by the administration's lack of response. As editor-in-chief of Campus Reform, I spoke with Jewish and pro-Israel students across the country who are too afraid to speak out, so I'm deciding to stand up for them. So uh, he's definitely framing this as he's standing up for students. Mm-hmm. I don't know Temple students exactly. That's definitely true. 
Um, so I don't know how he picked the these universities. I actually also don't know what other universities he's done this for, but that is his motivation. Yeah, so I mean, one of the things I did want to touch on too is that part of his, his complaint um, and, and, and one of the statements he made too is, is talking about um, an off-campus protest that happened in Center City in front of an Israeli restaurant. Um, and he claimed that Temple students were involved with that. Um, so my big question for that was whether those those claims, those accusations are have any basis to it, if they could really prove Temple students were there, and what that I would have to do, you know, an off-campus protest uh, would have to do with Temple University and why that would fit into these claims, but... Yeah, so that's, that's a good question. Um, he His basis for this claim, um, we're all talking about alleged um, claims, by the way, is that um, Temple students with uh, the Students for Justice in Palestine chapter were there, or they arranged it, or something akin to that. Um, just off of a quick look, I can't find them posting about that specific protest, which happened in December, and it was off campus. Um, so that will definitely be something that I have to look at. And I I don't know if um, Temple can claim responsibility or ne- negligence in that case. Because, um, I mean, punishing students for something that happened in the city of Philadelphia is already something pretty difficult to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you have any idea of how these kind of investigations are gone about? And um, if any repercussions to the university could you know, happen from this. I know we've seen, I know that we've seen at UPenn, um, their president step down, um, you know, partly because a similar type of investigation was going on. But um, yeah, do you have any clue about that? Yeah, I think, um, honestly, I think for repercussions, I think it's definitely based on if the media really picks up on this. I mean, it's really been really bad for University of Pennsylvania. Um, and her downfall was mostly based off of a bad hearing. Um but as for how the investigation goes, that's a really good question, and that's something we're definitely going to be looking into um, in the future and really expanding on what this means. Um, but, like, I did, like, a vague count. Like, around 50 schools since October 7th have been uh, added onto the list of schools being investigated for discrimination based on shared ancestry. That might not all be uh, anti-Semitism cases. That's probably also including Islamophobia and just other random um, unfortunate incidents happening across America. But it is, um, it's like a trend we've yeah. been seeing, unfortunately. It's really terrible yeah. um, that we're seeing, I mean, again, alleged uh, harassment um, of students. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be something we're going to have to look into and yeah, how and we're going to comply. With those uh, 50 schools, I mean, how has temple compared it with you know how those complaints uh were brought about and um how they're dealing with it i mean something um that makes it hard to look into this is that the department of education can't comment on pending investigations and most schools don't really want to talk about why they're being investigated the only reason we know is that campus reform posted it and we can see a photo of the complaint we can't see the complaint and other schools have been confirmed to be investigated for these reasons. Um, so it's hard to make a comment on in this case about how we're going to fare with it. But, I mean, the university has put out a statement saying 
they of course don't condone any harassment and they will be complying with the investigation so i think that might be another thing we can look into but again universities don't really publish this type of stuff now i hand the mic over to assistant sports editor ryan mack to talk about how men's basketball is doing as we reach the middle of the season so one of our basketball freelancers ethan brittle he wrote kind of like a halfway through the season uh, recap, just kind of on the state of the team. So I'll, I'll ask you, you know, how overall, how are we doing? Ooh, um, you know, coming this year, the expectation was this was a rebuilding, rebuilding team over Co- Coach Adam Fish in his first year. I'm pretty sure in preseason they rejected finish like 12th in the American Athletic, Con- Athletic Conference this year. And that's kind of what you see. And a lot of these guys are taking on new roles. you got High Sierra and Jaleel White. They were on the team last year, one of the two very few of the few returners that came back after they lost five guys but they have to, they're expected to take a step up high seer wasn't really the leading scorer last year he's the leading scorer now but it's still cha- still a change and then you're seeing a lot of guys who might not have gotten time from where they where they transferred that like jordan riley didn't get that much time at georgetown now he's coming in accepted and expected to be like the second lead, the second option on the, on this team and it's really hard to get these people these people's play styles to mesh and I think that's what you've kind of seen it's been very inconsistent they've had times where they looked really good and then there's times where it's like don't what's going what's going on um so I kind of what you expect I do think they had been playing a little bit better than better than expected that many people would have, would have thought they're they won eight games so far had a three game three game losing streak three game losing streak. I know they lost last night, but I think their hot streaks are really telling. And I think you can kind of see with Coach Fish, like maybe what maybe not next this year, maybe not next year, but in a year or two, in two years, what you can see from this team. Yeah, uh, starting the season off eight and nine. Um, how does this compare to you know other season past seasons? Are we getting a better start out there? <laughs> Honestly, I think it's really hard to compare to compare just because the expectations that were there for there for this team. You know, last year they finished six, finished sixteen and sixteen. But as Damian's done said it best last year, it was tournament bus last year. Everyone had the expectation that this was a team that was going to be playing deep in the late March. Obviously, the complete opposite happened. Uh, the kind of wheels just kind of fell off, kind of fell off midway through the year and never could really get going. But I do think we've had comparatively to, to past years this is one of the best things that could have could have happened you're kind of you're kind of able to see like what this team what this team can can become more players are being able able to able to take a step able to take a step up you're seeing these young guys that really need have to develop and really haven't had a chance to develop like Zion, Zion Stanford he came in um, he had four straight ga- four straight games where he put up double double digit points as a as a true fre- as a true freshman. This is a kid who's just in high school, like not even five months five months before that before that. And you got a kid guy like Steve Settle. Yes, he's been inconsistent on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball, his length has really helped this team. It's really nice. It's really nice to be able to see. Well, yeah, the results might not be there. You know, win- winning only winning eight, being eight and nine, losing three straight, that that's may not be what you want, but I do like what you're kind of seeing sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what have been like those highs and lows of the of the uh, season so far? Honestly, shooting. Yeah, we see it, we see it best. I think Fish has, Fish has said, stated all the time that he wants this team to be confident in taking, in taking three, especially three point shots. And he wants to see a lot of threes. 
you know, sometimes those three, those opportunities those in that confidence doesn't always translate into mixed. I'm pretty sure they're, last time I checked, they were only shooting barely under 30% from, from the three. And that's just not going to do it. Heiser Miller is shooting like 36% from the, from the field overall this year. You have, you have players like Jaleel White who, yeah, he's more confident to take, to take three ball, but he's having, but he's shooting 50%. Like that's not going to cut it to beat some of these teams that you're getting into the bulk of conference play. When you play a team like FAU who made the final four last year, you play a Memphis, um, you kind of see it. They you saw it last night. You saw it last night in their game against SMU. They didn't get their first basket until Tostri hit a free throw. That was five minutes into the game. They were down 15, 15 to one, and then once they do start crawling back, crawling back, Shane as long as they hit two straight threes, they missed ten of their last eleven shots. Like, so it's like, yeah, you are at times you're able to you're able to put the ball. In, Paul put the ball in the ba- in the basket, but then at other times it's just like there's just a lid on it. Nothing's go- nothing's going through, and I think that's the main thing that's going on. I think another thing is their lack of um, their lack of uh, center depth. They a lot of their a lot of their players are not undersized, but a lot of them are guards. Their tallest player, is Steve Settle, it's six ten, but he's not playing center. It's Sam Hoffman, and even in game, Sam Hoffman, you don't really see him get down get down low. He's taking a lot of threes a lot of time. And then a lot of times you have Tweet who doesn't really get a lot of minutes or center like Emmanuel Pomo who's getting maybe three minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that you're really going to see. You see them a lot of times are giving up a lot of points down low and they're not gaining a lot of points down low. I think last night was their, was the most they were able to, able to do. That's something that this team can do. I don't really feel like they're doing it enough sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, similar kind of question. Who has surprised you out there? And who's you know kind of disappointed you out there? I think surprise surprised me is I think Jordan Jordan Riley's really, really kind of surprised me because Jordan and Zion Zion Stanford um I would kind of go hand in hand mostly because Zion Zion true freshman you don't really know what you were gonna get out of him um just a, just a freshman and then at then Jordan Riley he didn't really get a lot of opportunities uh at George at Georgetown it was stack stack roster and better better conference and he comes here and you've been able to see what they were able to do with the opportunities Zion a little bit different now he got hurt so his minutes have been very like few and far few and far between he hasn't really been able to get time on the court but Jordan Riley has been someone that's been able to especially once Jaleel, Jaleel White got hurt and he was into the starting lineup against Columbia and he just really just ran with the opportunities that he'd been able to come by. Um, and with that, also Shane Dazzoni, he's someone got hurt, didn't get a lot of minutes last year at Temple, um, hurt his wrist, missed the, end, missed the rest of the year in February. Now he's been, now he's been coming, especially the last couple of games, he had 14 last night and he's really been, you just really been able to see the confidence of him grow, just shooting, just shooting the ball, getting more touches, and vicious, vicious season as well. He says he's always gonna feed the hot hand. I feel like that's what we're seeing with like all with uh, both Dizoni and Riley. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what can we expect for the rest of the season? No, I honestly, um, it's hard to it's hard to say with this team sometimes, man. Um, I do, but I think we're gonna be seeing what kind of what we're seeing right now. You might get some of the. Might get the highest of highs with this team, and you're watching. You're watching. It's like okay, you got something going, and then you know you're watching five minutes of basketball. And it's just like that wasn't what I was just watching. Not just like two minutes ago. Um, I see that. I think right now a lot of the teams that they play, especially in non-conference, non-conference schedule wasn't the best. You know, you're playing like Columbia, Albany, and then you're coming in here now, 
in their in in conference to win. They have one. They're one and three in conference right now. They've dropped three straight games, um, and then you now you now you you haven't even got some of the best teams in conference yet. You still got to play an FAU. You still got to play a Me- a Memphis. Like it's just gonna be. It'll be tough down the stretch. I do see this team like maybe getting the four, fourteen wins, but even then, that might not seem the best. But from what this team, what happened to this team, getting being basically depleted of almost all their all their stars last year, losing their coach, having everything that happened last year, and kind of just having that with a new with a new coach in his first year ever co- being a head coach of a team, and just a lot of new players. I do think that is something that can be you you're optimistic about for the for this team so it might not look pretty but i feel, feel like they'll get there yeah i mean it, last question i mean what's the uh energy like in uh leah Cora center this year because i know i haven't made it out to a game this year um you know the games that stood out to me last year was you know the villanova game of course and, and that houston game was awesome too i mean what's it like this year you know Unfortunately, not like it, not like not like I was been last year with that Nova game, that Houston game, you know. But the the fans, I've is what I have noticed is when I was I was at some of those games over break, and there were still some fans, some fans. Maybe not the student section may not have been as sold out, but like just people were going there and they seem excited. And when you're talking about energy, the main thing I've loved is the energy that is on the bench. Yeah, Fisher has you you'll see, and not even him, but also. The assistant coach Bobby Jordan sees him pacing, pacing, pacing the baseline, pacing, pacing the sideline, just getting fired up. I think game against um, Nate, game against Navy, the second game of the year. I think it was Julia White who went to go get a, get a, don't, don't correct me. Uh, I think it was Julia White who went to get get a loose ball, and they went out of bounds, and you just saw the entire, um, you just saw the entire bench just get up and start, start cheering, and just get energetic. That's something that you would not see on it. Uh, last year and previous years, so I think when I think of energy, that's how that's how I think of this team. They're they're getting behind each other. You can see that this is that this is a coach and it's a team that they want to play for and and, get, and play behind. Thank you to our editors Sydney and Ryan for joining me on this episode, and make sure to check out all their work on the Temple News website. I'm Pablo Rocco, podcast editor for the Temple News, and this is Reprint.